Um, do bear with me. We, we had a few technical difficulties this morning. Um, you know, Satan trying to do his thing on us. Uh, if I start to run a little long, I have gave Jack and Tucker back here in the booth full permission to use an air horn. So, those of you closer back there, be prepared. But that's a good sign. That means uh, supper uh, or lunch, supper, dinner, however you want to call that. It's about ready. So, Student Sunday, how you guys doing? You guys feeling better now? You guys knocked it out. It's awesome. Love you guys. You guys are doing great. Um, yeah, heck yeah. It's great to see what, um, what God's doing in this church and in, the, in this group of students. And it just, I've already teared up once. I'm not going to tear up again this morning. And at least I'll save that the tears for the second service. Um, yeah. So Proverbs. Um, Tucker did a great job at kind of laying the ground for us, talking about that text. So I want to dive in a hair bit deeper on that and, and just kind of talk with some of y'all and, and kind of see where it is you're putting your trust. Are you leaning on yourself? Are you leaning to God? And how can we understand if he's making our path straight? So as most of you know, and those of you who don't, I was an uh, active-duty military man. I was uh, privileged to serve alongside aside some of the greatest men I've ever known. And I also had an awesome privilege of jumping out a perfectly good airplane, right? Who wouldn't want to do that, right? Yeah, look, you're all super excited right now. I can tell you just want to go jump out of an airplane. Um, so when I was going through airborne school, getting my airborne wings, it's one of those moments where they literally teach you how to fall. It's not like how you see on TV with these cool skydivers and they got like these chutes that they have, these, these cords they pull and it like they brace the fall. Yeah, no, so airborne school is literally... Um, what it is, you're airborne and you're falling. You're, you're not bracing for like a soft impact and kind of walk off like it's nothing. You're literally taught how to just do this number and get up and then hurry and grab your stuff and keep moving. So the reason I want to talk about that is I never once questioned or challenged the fact that that chute was going to open. I remember the first jump I did, I literally, like, you're in a line. Those of you military men that, that have done this, you'll understand what I'm talking about. You're in a line, you're holding your cord, and you're just watching the line slowly get smaller and body slowly going out this door, and then you get there to the jump master who's looking at you, and they're like, ready? And you go, and he goes, Go! And so you just turn, and you go. Like, there, there's no process of, like, wait, time out, I changed my mind. No, you, you have to go. So you are trusting that this chute is about to open with all of your life, literally, because the world is starting to get closer and closer to you as you are falling. So I bring that up because a lot of times in life, we all have to put trust in someone or something that we have honestly no true control over. My examples for that is um, a student trusts the teacher, right, to provide knowledge, teach them, and grow them through their educational path. Uh, an athlete trusts the coach's game plan, or sometimes won't. A uh, citizen trusts its government's laws at times. I said at times. A, uh, a patient trusts their doctor, right? We don't go into surgery questioning the doctor's every move and motive right away. If we do, there's a problem. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be doing surgery. We also don't trust me or Jordan to be the ones to perform your medical exam. We trust Micah to do that because Micah is trained to do that. I am not. I will tell you, ibuprofen and water, you're good. Keep going. 
Micah, however, will share other things. In fact, I want to share real quick um, that this past two weeks, I actually had to pay Micah a visit. Went and got um, myself checked out, trying to take care of my body a little bit better, um, realizing I'm older than I thought I was. My two littles, Abram and Elsie, are wearing me out. So I go to Micah, and Micah, <laughs> sorry, Micah, I'm going to tell you a little bit. Um, I had to lean out on my own understanding, right? I had to lean into Micah's understanding because he's trained. He knows what he's talking about. I don't. And Micah's the nicest guy. If you guys don't have him as a provider, I strongly recommend it. That's not like a boost. I'm not getting extra for that. Um, I would like my deductible to go down. However, um, Micah, in the nicest way possible, he's like, yeah, man, everything looks good. Except for this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, and this is bad. And I'm going, wait, what? You said we were good, man. He's like, yeah, we're good. How you been? And I'm going, wait, what? You're being really nice to me. Like, what's, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, Anthony, your blood pressure is horrible. We're going to put you on medicine for that. This issue, there's that issue. And I'm going, but you're being so nice. Like, nothing's wrong, dude. Like, what do you mean? I got a problem. So I had to trust in Micah that he, he, is, he is there to help provide for me and take care of me for my, my physical health, right? So with that, obviously, we need to look into those examples I talked about. Merely think of the time we thought we knew better than the teacher or the coach or the boss or even the government. But for most of the time, church, most of the time, and I'm saying most because we all like to be defiant and challenge things, we listen to learn from our teachers. We understand the purpose of, and value of the law. And, and when we go to that doctor and we want to get that, that, um, that input from them, we, we listen to them, but sometimes we challenge them a little bit. Micah, I'm, I'm doing really good. Riley and Jordan forced me to eat a cupcake at like 9 in the morning the other day. That was on them, not me. Um, <laughs> should we not trust the preparation and the experience of other people in our lives? Should we not trust that our community group leaders are bringing to us words of knowledge and, and affirmation in the fact that God is what he is, that God is king of kings? That we need to stop thinking that going at world, worldly things ourselves is enough to just say, I got it, I can put it on my shoulders, not a problem. Yeah, we need to stop that. Because we do, we need to put that trust in God, okay? So whether or not you like it or agree with your parents, your teachers, your employer, right? So hear out, because I've said this several times with our students. Students, I love that you're sitting up close. I'm going to say it again because I guarantee half of you didn't hear me. Ready? We're going to quiz on this tonight. Whether or not you like or agree with parent, boss, teacher, coach, you have to learn what he or she has to say and why. Then after you have success, successfully completed the course, task, objective, whatever it is, you can sit and stop back and ask yourself. You can choose to do whatever it is you want with what you have learned and the information you have been given, or you can choose to completely move forward past you. You're, you're at this impasse. You're going to move forward with what you've learned, or you're not. You're going to just put it to the side. Whatever you do, no matter what, the end of the day, that choice is within us, right? Yeah? I could, I could have learned how to do geometry. How I got through school, I don't know. You guys asked me to do a geometry problem. I was the guy. I figured it out in that moment. I got passed. I didn't learn it. I don't want to apply it. Period. The gospel... How many of us come in here day to day to hear a sermon, and are we listening to it? Think about that. How many of us day to day come in on Sunday to hear something, and then the minute we walk out of the doors, we say, hey, we're good. I'll see you at community group, or hey, I'll see you at work, this and that. Hey, man, how was your weekend? Oh, it was great, man. Watch the, with 
with a heavy heart. I watched Michigan get beat by Michigan State. But, you know, hey, it was good with Student Sunday, this, that. Oh, cool. All right, cool. I don't need to mention anything about my God, right? It's not a big deal. It doesn't affect my life. But does it not affect the lives of those that we interact with? If we aren't proclaiming how the gospel, how God is involved in our weekend every day. Man, my weekend was phenomenal. God blessed me with a beautiful time with my family. He allowed me to be able to pay my bills. He allowed me to sit and watch Michigan lose. But you know what? I did it with my family. Aaron got on to me because I yelled a few times and told me, hey, you know it's a game. They're not listening to you. And I said, you don't know that. God hears my prayers. He's sending prayers that way. (laughs) It's true, though. You know, who knows? What if something we have learned, what if something in this book known as the Bible has something that we can truly use and apply in our lives, right? Who knows? Because we don't all go about our days doing the things we read there, right? What's great about Solomon here is he's, the, the one thing I want to make clear about this text, this is not some kind of salvation text reading, okay? This is literally as Tucker set forth, this is someone giving wisdom to their child. This is someone telling them this This needs to be priority. Just like how mom and dad's in the audience, grandma, grandpa, you tell your kids, hey, you listen. You're going to mind me because I know what's best for you. This is what that, this is what's in this moment, okay? This wasn't Jesus looking at everyone going, hey, trust in me. This is Solomon talking, okay? So I want you to think that. I want you to realize that not everything in the Bible is going to strictly be word of Jesus, but it's going to be people who are following Jesus, okay? That's supposed to be us, church. That's supposed to be us, amen, right? Okay. So this is where I'm going to get a little, little bit wild and crazy because we are on a time crunch, okay? So bear with me. I'm going to read, and I'm going to get really excited for a moment, and I'm going to read a little bit more, but I will wrap around, all right? So bear with. What are some examples of things that you have learned in a sermon or in your community group that ran contrary to what we thought? Maybe it was about a belief. Maybe it was about an attitude of some sort towards our, our, our biblical life. The Bible telling us submit to governing authorities is a very big unpopular thing right now among us. What's coming up in the next couple of days? Because I know my youth group tells me all the time. Election day. Anybody ever seen an election ad or campaign ad? Nobody sees those, right? Are those not trying to sway you in one way or thinking of the other? Tell me this. Everybody has their opinion. One thing we don't talk about at my dinner table is our politics, okay? The only politics that we have in my house is Aaron's in charge, and I say good. Okay? Happy wife, happy life, right? I, I have the authority in our family, but I just clear it through her. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are like, that's not biblical, Anthony. That's not right. Um, so th- the Bible telling us that is huge. We're supposed to obey the law of man. However, who all goes to the polls or who all goes into this time of the year saying, This is what Jesus would want. This is how God would view this. This is how I should view this as a Christian. Or does it fall back on, oh, taxes, oh, this, oh, they want to do that. They want to support this. They want to do this. They want to send my kid to school free. They want to stop aborting babies. They want to free this situation, this and that. No, instead we get so tied in to these crazy secular things of this is what makes this person better. You know what makes a person better? Giving their life to Christ. You know what makes a person's judgments and decisions better? Knowing that every day, every morning, you are trusting in the Lord and not in your understandings. Tucker had a choice. He could have followed the path that he knew that has been set forth in front of him from mom and dad because they know, heaven forbid, your parents have lived this life a little longer. I like to say nobody's old. That's a horrible word. I just like to say they're seasoned. 
they've got a little more playing time than me. Um, Rex says, you got a little more playing time than me. Tucker, you don't have that much playing time. Instead, he chose to go against it. How many of us here today chose to go against the word of God at a time or another because we thought in our own understanding in the moment we could prevail it? But then at the end, well, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You were there with me. No, 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 don't. Don't be little. Tucker did a great job uh, quoting John Piper and got you on my list now, man. We were exchanging notes, and I noticed Tucker taking notes as we were doing sermon prep. And I was like, you're going to steal some of my golden nuggets, aren't you? That's awesome, man. That's, that's sermon prep right there. Like, I don't know how many things I've taken from Jordan, but it happens. And so with what Tucker said, I want to reflect back on that. If you cannot put all your trust in the Lord, and you're only a quarter of the way, a half of the way, just stop. Because that in itself is just disrespectful. He sent his son, himself, flesh and blood, for us not to respect him in all that we are is nothing but a total disrespect in Christ. A total disrespect to one another where you sit next to, brother, sister, parent, whoever. You want to show and, and be the change in this world and live a godly life, you put all your worries, you put all your burdens at the foot of the cross and you trust that God is going to provide you, okay? One of the things I want to say Ask yourself, how do we change? Well, I'm sorry, sorry. Ask yourself how that change, if you were to do that, will affect your life. We don't always get the Bible right, okay? There's times we misinterpret it. There's times that we might not relay the message correctly. I'm going to be honest. I've done nothing but sweat this sermon because I've been more excited about what these kids were doing than what I was going to say. Jordan gave me a great word of encouragement. He said, brother, I looked over your notes. God, let go, let God, right? I love this. This is like my motto now. Let go, let God. We must continuously trust in the Lord, and which takes humility, okay? Wisdom is only useful if we have humility to accept it, all right? This is where I'm going to try and sound cool. This is where I'm going to try and... I wish Caleb Ingram was here. I would have run this by him. He could have told me if I was going to sound like a halfway decent philosopher. Wisdom is not law, nor prophecy. Wisdom is the accumulated insight of God's people through generations. What's that mean? First off, I was super proud of myself. I said that out loud, and it makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. What it means, everybody in here over the age of, I don't know, we'll say 18, just because you're out of high school, you have wisdom to bestow to our young people, to myself, for the challenges and the decisions you've made, whether you've trusted in God or not. I guarantee you, every one of you have a story right now that you could share with somebody, and it very well could be just like Tucker's story. He could share with one of you, an adult, a seasoned player in life of a time where he did not trust and God showed him quickly and he allowed him to fall on his face and get stuck in traffic and miss lunch with the boys. Or maybe how, I don't know, several different things. I didn't trust God at a point in my life where we were looking for a youth minister. Two and a half, three years ago almost. And it crushed me when we hired somebody. Wrecked me. I remember the day it happened, I ran to Jordan just frustrated. Why? Why not? Why not me? Why not me? Trusted in my understanding because I told myself, oh, I love these kids. I want to do something here. I got the heart. I allowed my own understanding and my own trust in myself to take control of that. God worked something magical, y'all. I mean, wrecked me over the last two years. 
I'm a better Christian man for it. I'm a better person for these students. I'm a better person for my wife, my children, my family. Because I stopped at that point and I said, you know what? How dare I challenge what God has in, plan, in place for me? How dare I try and manipulate this world for my liking and not his? Here it is, I get to stand up before you and do my best attempt at giving a sermon without just crying glory after watching my students come up here and bring word. God knows what's coming. Stop trying to plan yourself, okay? He will make straight your paths. Amen? All right. Keep looking back here, y'all. No one's waving at me yet. I know we're getting close, all right? I'm going to speed through this real quick. I do apologize. I'm not trying to belittle God's word, but I, there's some big things I want to do. Um, if you would, I have a scripture. Psalm 37, 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and be friend in faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, church. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. We should be freaking out right now. That is heavy. The minute you truly let go and let God, this world, it's nothing. It's just a, it's a resting place until we are in our salvation, yeah? This world makes way more sense that God is going to go ahead and allow you to go through these struggles, okay? Guess what, church? Here's one thing I, I, I always kind of for, forget, you know. The, the key in this, in trusting the Lord, not ourselves, okay? It's super straight to the point. It's very easy. We have several examples of this. Noah building a great boat in the middle of a dry land where there wasn't a cloud in the sky, despite the ridicule he receives from his neighbors. Abraham packing up everything and leaving his home. He was in his, like, 70s, 80s. Show of hands who's in their 70s. Or, I'm just kidding. You don't to raise your hands. Show of hands who's over 20. Are you ready to pack up everything because God moves you and tells you, hey, I want you to leave where you're at right now and start over? Trust me, I will make your life and your family abundant. Could you do it? Be honest, could you do it? I know for a fact right now I'd be challenging everything because I would have to run to Aaron and go, hey, I know we got two houses we own. I know we got this. God said we're supposed to go here. Hey, honey, I love you. Trust, trust God, not me. This is me. This is God. Could you do it? I, just, I, I get worked up on that sometimes. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, but yes, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act, okay? The proof that we are trusting God to act truly shows that if we aren't, as I said before, you're going to fall completely on your face, okay? There, there's, no, there's no other way around it. There's no truth in the fact that maybe we can get so far in life without God. You know what? If you've gotten so far in life without Christ being the center of your world, it's only because he's allowed that. Let that sink in. Some of us, uh, you know, are, are born-again Christians. Some of us come back to the faith later on in life. God allowed you to get this far, and I guarantee the minute you proclaimed his word, you were just shook. Life changed. Colors mattered. The word mattered. You knew that all in him was right and good. Committing, okay? Commitment. Humility and commitment. We can spend a lot of time and energy trying to work out what we should be doing in life, our own lives here in church, at work, family, things like that. 
what should a sermon sound like, how should we be doing extra activities in the community groups, how we should do this, how we should reach different people, how we can care for people, and all those, all those areas. We need to stop. We need to trust in the Lord and let him guide us, right? Okay, Keep, stay with me. We're, we're getting there. There are so many ways that God guides us. So when, you, when did you last do something which was totally contrary to what you would naturally do? Did God guide you? Did you try and do it yourself? For so much of our lives, we don't expect God to guide us, correct? We rely on our own understandings. A lot of us went to college. A lot of us work in places and in fields that we say, hey, God, I already had some training in this. I got this. Hey, just look over me. I appreciate it. Glory to you. Thanks for being there. Um, yeah, guess what? We have athletes in the world. We have, we have politics. We have this and that. Sometimes we don't want to hear what the coach has to say because we're like, hey, man, I'm this athlete. I can do it. Like, I don't need a game plan. Just give me the ball. I have several athletes I can name that way, but at the same time, I want to be respectful for those of you in the audience. <coughs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, God blessed certain athletes to be great. Certain athletes have to put in trust in whom? Their coaches. Certain athletes have to put trust in whom? Other players. Certain athletes have to put trust in whom? Those around them. We have to learn to trust one another around us, okay? Not everyone's going to be biblical speaking. Not everyone's going to preach the glory of God. You have to be that example because you're willing to hear and learn from those around you, but at the same time, you're willing to educate, wreck, and change a life for the kingdom. In all your ways, acknowledge them, church. Luke 9, 23. And he said to all, to anyone, if, sorry, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For, what, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, his sake, will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? We acknowledge God privately by praying. We pray in our heart that our relationship with God be, be bountiful, that we, we know him, that we see him. But if we acknowledge that without God, we can't do nothing, then we will show that acknowledgement through the fact of our lives being total turmoil, church. Go ahead, continue to be successful. I'm not saying it's not okay. Go ahead and be proud of your riches. I'm not saying that's not okay. But if you're not glorifying the king who gave you these opportunities and put this in your life, you're the poorest person in here right now. So how do we know the Lord is making our path straight? It's very important as Christians that we do not get stuck in wrong ways of looking at life. It is instead the pathway to suffering and opposition. Okay, church, this is where I get, woo, I want to yell. Like, I, if you got to turn me down, it's, like, it's okay. Like, no harm. We follow the servant king, church. We follow the suffering servant whose greatest triumph only came through his ultimate sacrifice. This is the son of God, Jesus in the flesh. Weight of sin, 300 pounds. Do you not think Jesus stopped for a moment and was like, whoa, hey, time out. I'm sorry your people don't want to listen, Lord, but I don't know that I want to die for this. No, no. He says to forgive them for they not know. Could you do that? Could you right now just be beat to a pulp and just, just wrecked in front of all that you love and sacrifice yourself for the glory of the kingdom? Jesus did. Because he was the suffering servant. 
going to the cross, Christ had to himself lean not in his own understanding, but into the Father. Never once did Christ question his Father, right? He was here to serve, not be served. That's huge, church. A lot of times, I think some of us misconcept, you know, what Jesus did when he was here on this earth. I think sometimes we get in this mindset that, oh, he was just teaching everybody. He was showing them the way of God. He was here serving. Was he teaching? Yeah. He was serving. He was trusting not in him. He was trusting in the Father on high. Can we honestly all say that we do the same? Church, I'm telling you right now, I'm not perfect. I don't. I get stuck in my way sometimes. I, I feel like, oh, yeah, this video is going to look good. Oh, you, you kids sound great singing this song. Man, I helped put this together, and then I stop, and God humbly will just smack me across the forehead and say, time out. Was this you? Was this me? And it is him, church. I've suffered nowhere near what Christ has, but I serve my servant king. I serve the king who's willing to give it all because of what I am about to do wrong. Do y'all serve that same king? Not just the king, king of kings. For Christians, relying on levels of success as a measure of whether we are doing the right thing or not is inevitably a recipe for discouragement, depression, and disaster. So how do we know the Lord is making our path straight? By faith, church. It's simple. You trust God's going to heal sickness. You trust God's going to save that person in your family that you have spoke the word to countless times. You trust God. You put faith in what the Father has done for us already because guess what? He knows what's coming. You can't. Y'all up here, life's about to get crazy for you. I've told you several times, my day and age, those of the seasoned players in the room, we're not going to see the transformation sometimes. We're going to miss parts of it. The big thing that's coming, people are being ridiculed today, being speaking gospel Christians. Terrifies me for these young people. I had y'all, older folk, seasoned players, sorry, I said I wouldn't say older, Season players in here bring me up in a, in a world that could accept me proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming my God, these young people. <laughs> They're going to see a point in time that terrifies me, church, but I pray to my Father that he will make it right. These young people are going to see a time that for you to say the word gospel is only if you're speaking of a choir, not what it truly is. Now, what it truly stands for. So we need to start now, church. We need to stop leaning in on our own understandings. We need to put faith in God. We need to trust God is going to continue to guide us and give what we need to leave behind, these bits of wisdoms, these golden nuggets, as Solomon did, to start preparing these young people for the battle that is at our gates. And that takes all of us. I said before, wisdom is culminated through the generations, church. The wisdom we have in this room, we need to equip these in here, these young people up here. We need to equip one another. I told you I'd get really, really into that one. I'm sorry. We have done our best not to rely on our own understanding, but to rely on God and on his grace. We have not done our best to acknowledge God and everything we have said and done, church. Nobody has. I'm sorry. You're not Christ. You've not. The sooner you accept the fact that you're not going to be the perfect, but you're going to be the imperfect serving 
the one who came to serve and not be served, church, is when things are going to shift. You're going to start realizing it's not in my control anymore. I am but just moving through the life God proclaimed for me. Don't think you know better than God's word. Bring it to bear every area of your life. Become a person under authority. I've got a couple things. I'm going to have them pull up real quick. Verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I'm, I'm wrapping it up right now, y'all. We ran a little longer than anticipated. I apologize. Never heard the air horn. Let me down, Becker. What specific things do I need to do tomorrow to express the fact that I am trusting in God? There they are. Thank you. What specific things do I need to do tomorrow to express the fact that we are trusting in God, church? Think about that. What do we need to do? What are you going to do differently the moment you leave this building to show that you're putting your trust in the Father? What will we do differently tomorrow if we are relying on God and not our own understanding? Could it be maybe we, we follow the wisdom that's been set forth to us? We take the path we knew was to be good and, and, and provide? Or are we still going to challenge those things that we've already been shown in our lives? What will we do to inwardly and publicly acknowledge God and his lordship over our life? Church, praying is powerful, but acknowledging God in your everyday talk to the people around you, that's power. That is God. Let go, let God, church. Here in a moment, um, student man, if you would, go ahead and start coming up here. Jordan's going to go ahead and, and bring us to communion. If you got a handout when you came in, there's a section down there for a prayer request. If you want, write something on there. Bring it up here. Leave it. Leave it at the welcome desk. Me and the students would love to pray for you. We love you. Thank you so much for doing this today. Thank you so much for being here to support them. And, and the thing I want to just leave everybody with is, is, is that let go and let God, church. Proclaim him every way you can. Acknowledge our God he is great.